Good morning. My name is Luis Rivera, and I am the CEO and founder of Tactical Athlete Health and Performance Institute. Uh, you'll hear it commonly referred to as TAPI um, in conversation. So just in case you hear TAPI being used, uh, that's, what, that's what we are. So we are uh, Tactile Athlete Health and Performance Institute. To my left here, or your right, is Tim Sharpie. I'll let him make an introduction of himself real quick here. Good morning. My name is Tim Sharpie. I am the uh, Director of Client Relations and Provider Training. Uh, my history is I was a 30-year police officer, so I was on the police side of the house, just recently retired in February, and joined Luis and his team with Tactical Athletes. So certainly look forward to uh, talking and meeting with all of you as well. And to my right, your left is Pete Stevens. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, as Lou said, my name is Pete Stevens. I'm an athletic trainer with about 13, 14 years of uh, athletic training experience, both with collegiate and professional sports for tactical athlete. I am the uh, OPN and uh, member services advocate. Uh, I currently am in charge of our Tacoma region. And then again on my right here is Julie Hopkins. Um, my name is Julie Hopkins. I'm the newest member of the TAPI team as a marketing associate. I'm very excited to be a part of TAPI. Thank you. So, flip through here. So, I want to kind of give my history of how I got to this point and who I am and what we're up to now as well. So, again, Luis Rivera. Uh, by trade, I'm a physical therapist and an athletic trainer. Uh, I've been in practice for almost 20 years now undergrad and grad school at Marquette University. Um, I did my athletic training uh, internship in 1999 with the Milwaukee Brewers organization. And at the end of that rotation, had the opportunity to do a physical therapy clinical internship in Tempe, Arizona, at a clinic that specialized in Major League Baseball rehab. So from 2001 to 2004, I was at, uh, at this clinic. Um, huge clinic, about 12,000 square feet. We had an indoor regulated pitching mound, so it was very specific to baseball players. In 2004, I became the rehab director at Arizona State University, and I was there from 2004 to 2009. In 2009, I moved back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and opened up a physical therapy private practice clinic. Um, and that's where my relationship began with the Milwaukee Fire Department. So in 2000 and um, 10, uh, December 2009, early December, early uh, January of 2010, I had the chance to sit down with Jason Mims. Jason was the health and safety officer for Milwaukee's fire department at the time, and he had just taken seven firefighters and gotten them trained through the IFF's peer fitness training program. Um, Jason knew well enough to know that a one-week certification course didn't make sense to allow people to go out and start training people willy-nilly. So he brought me on to basically up-train them. Uh, he wanted me to take these PFTs and get them to look through my eyes. So if they're watching someone do a squat and they were squatting awkwardly, is it because they had pain in their knee or their hip or is it just because they were moving awkwardly and what exercises could they do to make those corrections? So we spent about a year developing that program or curriculum for these PFTs and at the end of that year, is when tactical became what it is today. So I had a chance to sit down with Dr. Robert Adlam, who's the chief medical officer for Milwaukee's Fire Department. Robert uh, said to me, you know, we've, we've had some other challenges as well. And I said, well, what, what do those other challenges look like for your department? And he said, the biggest challenge is I know you come from sports medicine land. And in sports medicine land, someone tears their rotator cuff on January 1st, and you have them back playing June or July of that year. When I have someone tear their rotator cuff on January 1st, I may not get them back to full duty until September, October, November. Why is it taking my guys so much longer? And that was the core question and, and the core piece of what we've developed the whole tactical athlete program around. So what ended up happening is I said, well, we can put together a network of physicians just like we did at ASU, just like we did with the Angels and the Brewers and the other teams we worked with over the years and put together kind of a core group of physicians that would be willing to work with our firefighters. And they said, well, I get it, I understand it, but I don't understand why they would, why they would hurry up and see, see our, our, um, our uh, firefighters. And I said, well, we can discuss that more and, and, and I can explain that to you deeper, 
But in the meantime, let's give the, let's give the program a run so I could show you what that exactly looks like. In the state of Wisconsin, we cannot direct care. So in order to avoid any issues with the state or with the city in terms of the direction of care, what we did is we made the program a choice program. In that, the, the firefighter then had the choice to either choose to use tactical athlete or to choose to use their own providers. And that, that choice still exists today, even in states that can direct care. What we ended up doing with that first firefighter, so a firefighter runs into Jason on a Friday in the hallway and says, you know, I've got this surgery scheduled six weeks from now, and it's for a meniscus on my knee. I haven't had my MRI yet, but the doctor's fairly confident that's what's happening, and he knows his surgery schedule's booked out, so he scheduled me for surgery six weeks from now. In that, um, he said, I just don't, I don't want to wait six weeks. Is there any other options? And Jason said, well, I met this guy, Luis, and he said he could do things faster. So if you want, here's his cell phone. Give him a call. And that's literally how, how this all started was myself and, and Tim put up here on this slide a picture of a coffee shop. It was literally me, a cell phone, sitting at a Starbucks on Downer Avenue in Milwaukee, um, taking, these, taking these initial phone calls to figure out how to get the members seen quicker. So this guy calls me on a Friday afternoon and says, tells me his story about his knee and his meniscus and wants to get things done quicker. So I call another physician up on his cell phone on that Friday evening. Monday morning, he's seen by another physician. Tuesday, MRI, Thursday, surgery. He's in the clinic rehabbing with me that same week on Friday. We got him back to work three days before his other surgery was scheduled. So the city was like, how the heck did you do that? And, how can, and can you do that for other types of injuries? And I said, yeah, musculoskeletal-wise, we can develop a network and, and put together physicians that understand how, how this whole thing works and, and how it all plays out. I'm going to have Tim talk a little bit about the provider piece of this now and why the program works and why it is set up the way it is. Thank you, Luis. Before I do that, I think it's important to show you a video on one of the success stories that we had with the Milwaukee Fire Department and one of our Milwaukee firefighters who was seriously injured. And I think this video not only talks about where the program started from, as Luis outlined, but then we'll show you what at least Tom McMenon, one of the Milwaukee firefighters, thought of it and how it worked for him. And I think people who are considering using this program, this is a great video to take a look at. So I'm gonna start this video and then we'll talk about how we get our providers, what that all entails, and then how we certify them. And I think that is really an important piece for you all to understand. So let me play this video. Search the railings at the end of this hallway had been taken down, unknown to me. Uh, so, as I was following the wall, I literally just in the dark and the smoke stepped off at the second floor and fell 12 feet to the first floor. From my injuries, I think my arm got behind me, which crushed uh, all the bones in my hand and it shattered my elbow. They determined that I would need surgery on my hand and my elbow. They sent me home that evening, and they told me that if uh, I didn't hear from them in a week, that I should call them. And obviously, it doesn't matter whether you're a firefighter or you're just hurt. You want to get back on the road to recovery as soon as possible. From the time of my surgery till the time I was full duty was one day short of the eight-week mark. Tapping was the, the direct effect of me getting back as fast as I could. When I worked at Arizona State University and when I worked at the clinic that specialized in Major League Baseball rehab, we needed to know quickly and accurately what was going on with the injured athlete. 
we would know by Saturday evening, Sunday morning at the latest, what the next step was. There was no downtime, there was no waiting, and the coach would be able to make adjustments as needed. What we started to do is apply the rules of sports medicine to this group of people and individuals because they were experiencing the same time need as to their injured worker, officer, firefighter, getting them back to full duty in the quickest amount of time possible. The academy program made a lot of sense for us, both from an employee standpoint, where they receive benefit and something we could provide our employees, and also from a financial perspective as a fire department, we're always looking for ways to manage our costs, and uh, we can do that through uh, employee absences and injuries and managing those. You know, people will take a job to do that job. Uh, when you tell someone they're on light duty or they have an office job when they're used to working outside, it doesn't go over well. So from a mental health perspective for that employee, yeah, they, they really see the value too. We didn't get into this because it was a business idea. We didn't get into this because we were trying to save the city's money. We got into this because we wanted to get people back to their jobs as quickly as possible, to their families as quick as possible, and back to their life as quickly as possible. I would suggest to anyone, if, if they have TAPI, uh, have the resources to use TAPI, is to use them. And, it, and this, is, uh, this is from my heart. I would not have been back in eight weeks if it wasn't for them not only helping, guiding me, and helping me navigating through the healthcare system. They allowed me and put me in a position to help myself to get back to this every day. So trust, compassion, and integrity, it is certainly our tagline that we use with Tactical Athlete. It's what we, we live and die by, right? It's important to us. I'm going to introduce back in Pete Stevens, who's going to talk about uh, how we develop our provider network, everything that goes into it. And for everybody in this room and everybody out there, that's an important piece for us uh, as we move forward. And I want Pete not only to talk about the provider network, but introduce a bit of his background, because Pete is our orthopedic patient navigator, as we call him OPN. He's on the OPN team. He's the person who's going to be answering the call. I think it's important for everybody to understand what his background is because we have people answering the calls, talking to you about your injury, who know injuries. So, Pete? Thank you, Tim. Uh, so, yeah, as Tim said, I'm uh, one of the OPNs. My background is uh, 2003, I started off at Boise State University in the athletic training program. Uh, I did an internship with the Detroit Lions during that time. While I was at Boise State, I also worked with the wrestling team. We won a Pac-10 championship during my tenure there, worked with the football team. From Boise State, I went down to Arizona State, again, worked with the wrestling team, uh, won another Pac-10 championship with them. Uh, 2005, did an internship again with the Seahawks, came back, finished up at ASU, and I began actually working for Luis in an orthopedic rehabilitation clinic. Did that for a number of years until the uh, Arena Football League came back from a small hiatus and I was named their head athletic trainer. So I did that for one season and then the PGA Tour came calling. So I was an athletic trainer for the PGA Tour for five seasons. And about the time I was looking to transition out of that role, got a hold of Luis and Luis was like, hey man, I got this program going on, I'd love you to be a part of it. We got talking about it and it was, yes, absolutely, I'm in 100%. So I've now been with the company since January in that OPN role and then also on the uh, member services advocacy side. So the big question we have is provider network. How do you guys choose your doctors? And really, as Luis said, in sports medicine world where we come from, the higher and higher you go, the more and more shallow that pool gets. Everybody knows everybody. All the good docs know, all the good docs know everybody else. So what we first try to do is when we start looking into an area is leverage those contacts. Who do we know? Who would we recommend? Who do our doctors that we know, who would they recommend? 
So for example, in Memphis, we uh, know an individual, his name is Mark Kiger. He was the rehab coordinator at ASU that took over after Luis left. Now he left ASU, went to the Minnesota Timberwolves, was their rehab coordinator. So again, we're looking at Memphis, we give Mark a call. Hey Mark, hey, you know the Memphis Grizzlies, their athletic trainer, can you put him in touch with us and we can start building our network that way. So that's the first thing we do is we leverage our contacts. Then we also start looking at docs and they need to meet a few criteria for us. Num number one, are they board certified? And number two, have they done a sports medicine fellowship? And that's essentially just an intense internship where they get the opportunity, the docs do, to work with professional teams or college teams. And why that's important to us is because they get thrust into that position of being in sports medicine world. They understand the urgency, they understand the timelines, they understand what we're trying to do by implementing that sports medicine model into your guys' situation with your rehabilitation, with getting in to see doctors. So beyond that then, uh, we have Bryce Nalepa who's off camera at the moment. You know, Bryce will come into an area and he starts looking at these individual groups and we start identifying these other people and through Bryce's hard work, we were actually able to get the Campbell Clinic to get on board with us. Now that is an opportunity that is only available to the firefighters. So that is the type of situations or relationships we try and build. Beyond that, they have to meet a few criteria for us. Number one, beyond their credentialing, they need to understand that if we're gonna be calling you, if you wanna be part of our network, you have to see our people within those 24 hours. When I'm calling to set up an appointment, you need to see our people. The other thing we'll do, and I know Tim will talk a little bit more about this, is the firefighter for a day, or in other cases, the police officer for a day. And why that's important to us is, we would never send Marcus Mariota to a shoulder surgeon that has never thrown a football, has never seen a football game. So we want our providers, both our doctors and our PT staff, to come in and get an experience to do what you guys do through the firefighter through a day. You know, throw on the bunker gear, haul hose, use the jaws of life. And why that's important to us is now that starts the conversation. If you guys go to one of our docs and they've been through that, now you can talk to them on that same level. You can say, yeah, I was in the bunker gear, I was in zero vis, I had the air pack on, I was climbing upstairs, and now this doctor's thinking, okay, I can picture it, I understand it. Or in some cases, the PTs can come to you and now they can start designing rehabilitation programs and work hardening programs that are more likely to mimic what you'll be doing when you get to that point and you get ready to be released to full duty. Uh, but again, that, that firefighter for training, it's invaluable to us and our docs, our providers need to go through that. Uh, but again, uh, it's really Tim's domain. I'll let him expand more on that. Thank you, Pete. Uh, I can't stress enough how, how, how long it takes to get that provider network up and running. They do a great job of vetting it and visiting these clinics and really uh, well done on that side of it. The provider training. So for a provider to be part of our team, they've got to go through a certification process. And part of that is the firefighter for a day. And it is just like that. It's your fire ops. We have them for eight hours. They have to commit to it. We're going to put them through evolutions in fire suppression, fire attack, EMS, patient packaging, uh, extrication from vehicles. We do the same thing on the police side of the house. We always say it. We would never have a doctor work on our starting quarterback if they've never seen a football game. It's the same here. We want our surgeons, our PTs, to be able to see what you do, experience what you experience, lift the things that you lift. We've all heard the horror stories, and I would imagine there's probably a group in this room and out there that's gone through physical therapy where they had you doing things that weren't job-related. We're building a network of people that are going to have you do job-related rehab that's going to make you stronger when you come out after your injury. So with that, I'm going to show you a video that we took in Tacoma, Washington at one of our firefighters for a day, and you'll see the providers in here. And you'll see them in the turnout gear, but you're, what you're also going to see are providers that are just in jeans and t-shirts because we had such a heavy response for people that wanted to be a part of this training exercise and part of this program to work with our firefighters in Washington that they agreed to stay there for eight hours just to watch it and talk with the firefighters about what they do every single day. And that was a huge piece for us and an eye-opener. We're doing the same thing in Memphis on Saturday. We're having our eight-hour firefighter for a day, and it's July, there's vacations, 
people have family plans, but we still have a great turnout here in Memphis. So we know our providers want to be part of your team. So let me show this video and I'll come back with you in just a minute. So now you have a better sense of the providers, the selection process. You got a glimpse into what tomorrow is going to look like out here on the uh, training grounds as well with the providers that we have coming out. How does the program exactly work? So again, even in states that can direct care, we make this a choice program. What we want people to do is pick up the phone and call us. So here in Memphis, you're going to be given the choice to either call tactical athlete and become part of our program, or you continue to use your own physician and, and their network that they may have established as well. But it's completely your, your choice. What that ends up looking like is when you call us into the hotline, Pete, Bryce, and a couple of the other OPNs that are part of our system will answer the phone. We'll field that phone call and we'll triage your injury based on what's going on in your history. Once that's determined, we have a group of physicians here in Memphis that are part of our network now. We'll base where we send you on a few different things. One is what the injury is. Two is where you're physically located at that moment. And three is where you live as well. Why we look at those three things is we want to create some consistency in your care so that you're going to go there. You know, these, these doctors potentially become part of your life in some fashion, right? So if you have surgery and things like that that are established, we want you to you know, be proximal to where, where you may live or, or where you may be working at that given moment. Once we get you into the physician, they have, again, 24 hours, we have to, they have to agree to get you in within. Most times, it's same day. Depends on what time of day you call. Obviously, that plays a role if you're calling at 4 o'clock in the evening. It's much harder to get you in um, because the physician office is close. But if not, and it's non-urgent, then the first thing the next morning you'll be seen. If they request an MRI, if they feel like an MRI is needed, then we help expedite that process through our relationship here in town with Sedgwick, who's your, your TPA. 
if there's any difficulty with that, we are managing that on the back end. By we, I talk about our member support service team. So once you leave the physician office and an MRI is needed or physical therapy is needed or durable medical equipment is needed, the back end side of this is a group of people that are making sure that those dots are connected. The goal of that is that we don't want any time lost throughout the process, right? We don't want one day or a couple hours to turn into four days, to turn into four weeks, to turn into three months. And that's been our, our experience really with the work comp system, not only here in Memphis, but across the United States. In 2015, I won a grant through a group called Idea Advance out of the University of Wisconsin system, and it allowed me to travel to 53 different cities to interview police chiefs, fire chiefs, uh, HR managers, risk managers, union presidents to find out if this was a problem that we had in Milwaukee only or was this a problem that was existing nationally and the answer is it's a national problem, it's an epidemic, right? And we believe that we've found a solution to help fix that epidemic that exists on the national level. So again, once you see, once you get into the system and the member support team gets you that diagnosis, right? That's the key is the actual diagnosis, not a guess. We wanna know what's wrong, right? So myself, Bryce, Pete, when we were working together at, at Arizona State, if the coach, if we had an injury go down on Saturday, you know, we knew that night, or at least by the next morning, what the next step was because the coaches need to make adjustments because of that, just like I noted in our video. We want that same level of care here because of things like backfill and minimum staffing requirements and things like that that exist in your world. So we apply those same rules here and it, and it works great. Once you get that diagnosis, once a determination is made, do you need surgery or do you not, every week until you're back to work full duty, someone from the member services team will be reaching out to you just to check in, see how things are going. We are not policing anything, that's not our job. We just wanna make sure you're having the experience that we are standing here today promising you. If you're not having that, we wanna know. If you're talking to your physical therapist and you don't feel like they're actually listening to you, we wanna know that, right? If you've mentioned something to your physical therapist and they haven't gotten it back to your doctor, we wanna make sure that that connection is made because a doctor may make an adjustment in your treatment plan, right? We want those things happening in real time because when they don't, again, one day leads to four days, leads to three weeks, and then all of a sudden you're way off track in your rehab and you just add an extra two months to your rehab process. We wanna make sure we're catching those things along the way. That's what the member support team, member services team is in place for, to make sure that those things are happening. Yes. The family piece, to us, this is an important element of this program. So everything Luis just described applies to your family as well. So your family has the same benefits that you have when it comes to expedited concierge service in healthcare. We're gonna get them seen right away, whether it's a son or daughter that was hurt in athletics or a wife who was injured, because we know the impact that has on a family and on you. So when this first came out and we first talked about doing this and it was presented with us, Luis had a statement, and it was, you know what, it just feels right. So yes, we are gonna include the family in this. There's no additional cost. So, if you've never used our program, but your daughter gets injured in a soccer match and injures an ankle, the same things apply. Call our hotline, talk to an OPN, and they will process and get you to get her to see a specialist. Now, with that, we still have to work with your major medical. But the benefit of that, of our program, is as Luis said, we have member advocates who are gonna know what your insurance is, are gonna work with you, are gonna talk with you and say this is what to expect. If your insurance says, listen, you, you can't have an MRI for five or 10 days, well, we'll know that and we'll share that with you. But we're gonna make sure that those connections happen so it happens when you can have that done according to your insurance. This is a great piece and like I said, I came from the police side of the building. We were the first law enforcement agency to roll out tactical athlete and I, I'm here to tell you from that side of my life, this made a huge difference in our people. And in fact, I know it's making a huge difference in our partners, our team members, because we see four times as many off-duty and family injuries than we do on-duty injuries. It's a great piece. 
And to, to uh, address that piece as well, which I don't think we have yet, on the off-duty side of the house, so same thing applies. You're out playing softball or soccer or something on a Saturday, and you blow out your hamstring or you tear your Achilles, same hotline, same access. Call in, we'll triage it the same way. Again, just like Tim said, we have to abide by your major medical rules, but we're gonna get you in to be seen and get that process going right away. Um, that came to me because Chief Rolfing in Milwaukee on a flight to Detroit said, you know, why can our members use this for off-duty injuries? And I said, well, yeah, pr probably, I don't see why not, but what's your why? And he said, for me, if someone's out, they're out. So regardless of them being out because it's comp or non-comp, they're still out, so we still have to backfill those people, right? And that's where, that's where that piece came into play, it was literally through a conversation with him on a flight to Detroit one time. So if there's things that show up in your world, you know, th that's an example of what we wanna know what's happening here in Memphis. So if you have feedback for us or things you wanna bring to the table, always bring those to the table because we can make adjustments in the program and look at things differently. Every part of the country is different. We're in the Midwest, now we're in the Mid-South, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and we're soon to be in the Southeast. So what, what I want everyone to realize is that every region of the country, although similar, has different nuances. So bring, bring those things to us when those things come up as well. How we get paid. So we have a commitment in our company to complete transparency. How we get paid is very important to that. We get paid by the city. That's how we make our money. We charge a flat rate per employee regardless of usage. So it's almost set up like an AFLAC policy would be set up. So whether or not you use this for on-duty, off-duty, family, like Tim, Tim said, the city is still paying for the program regardless. We do not take money from the physicians. We do not take money from the PT groups. We do not take money from the MRI groups, the pharmacies, the DME, and we do that intentionally. The reason we do that is that we don't ever wanna have to sit at a table and ask ourselves, yeah, this physician kind of screwed up this case, but their group pays us $50,000 a year, so we're gonna let that one slide because we don't wanna kick them out. We set it up that way because we don't wanna ever have to make that choice, right? And that's the reality of it, and that happens out there all the time. We set up our program to not have that piece. It'll never affect our decision-making process. So I wanted, to, I wanted to say that because I think that's an important piece of that, and that's something that we get all the time as well. Commitment to the department. We're an entity that's not a plug-in. We want to become part of the fabric of Memphis Fire. We don't want to just be this outside entity that's kind of out there, and that's why we come out here. That's why you meet Pete and the rest of the staff. That's an important piece to me, and that's why I'm standing here today as well, because we want you to feel comfortable reaching out to us and know that we are here with Memphis Fire now. So if there's things that come up, questions you have, um, anything else that's out there that's rare, you know, we, have, we get phone calls about rheumatoid arthritis occasionally, and yeah, we don't see that stuff, but we may have a physician that can, knows another physician that can make an intro to get you in to see someone, right? So even if there's a question, a general question, just call into the hotline and we'll do our best always to figure it out. But we want you to know we, we are here to become part of the fabric and the, and the culture of Memphis Fire, not to be just another thing on the outside, another program that just exists here. That's not why we're here. We will work to get it right always. So if there's an issue, again, please reach out. Myself, any of our staff, please call in, please email. My cell phone's available. If there's anything you guys need, please feel free to reach out at any point in time. And like Tim alluded to earlier as well, we are committed to our mission. Um, trust, compassion, and integrity are the core values of our company. Um, we've talked about these at length and, and continue to develop them because at the core of who we are and what we do, that first word to me is probably most important than anything, is the word trust. You have to trust that we're gonna do what we hold up our end of the bargain for, right? That's the only way this program works. When we have success, 
which in all honesty, we've already had here in Memphis. We did a soft rollout and we actually had a member come through already. Um, they were seen actually this morning and everything has been completed as far as I'm aware. So that was within 24 hours, he was called in, seen, and, and is now uh, receiving care at the Campbell Clinic actually this morning. Um, and like uh, Pete said as well, the Campbell Clinic was interesting because Campbell, ironically, didn't even know that they weren't allowed to see you guys, um, which was really an interesting conversation between myself, Bryce, and their CEO um, until we brought it to their attention. And the city agreed to allow us to work with them and, and only with the fire side of the house at this point. So I want to make sure that that's clear as well, is that you have access to a huge network of physicians now through us that we are gonna be working on training over the next several months to make sure that they're up to speed and ready to see you guys fully. Perfect. So, time for questions. Question, gentlemen in the back, questions? Anything? No? Yep. <laughs> As we're checking, I do have a question that came up in one of the other sessions, Luis, and maybe you can answer it for the group that's watching it in a group in here. And it's a question regarding Sedgwick and how that conversation started with them and what does that look like now with our organization and Sedgwick? Perfect, yeah. So we work alongside Sedgwick. That's our job. We do not manage claims. We do not do claims adjustments. We do not do um, case management. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. We make sure to get you in to see the right provider as quick as possible. If there's issues with the TPA, meaning that things are getting delayed and not getting approved quickly, that's when we step in. At that point, it's not you fighting the fight. It's not Chief Franks or any of the other captains here or, or uh, chiefs here managing those conversations. Now we are having those conversations with Cedric to make sure that things are done in a timely fashion so that things don't get lost and you don't get put at the bottom of a pile somewhere. That's what we're managing from a day-to-day -day standpoint. So we work alongside Cedric. We are not part of Cedric. We are not, we get paid by the city, but we're not employed by the city, if that makes sense. Our job is to make sure that you are seen quickly by the right provider without any hiccups. Uh, another question that came up in one of the sessions was if, if I am a member of the Memphis Fire Department and my wife suffers an injury but she has her own insurance from another company, how does that work? Yep, same rules apply. So if it's when we're, when we're taking those intake calls uh, for spouses, we'll make sure that if, the, if it is a network that is not uh, the city's, or uh, an insurance that's not part of the city's insurance, when, we make, when we're making the phone call to set up the appointment with the physicians, we're gonna make sure that they are in network with that. Um, same thing is true here. You know, sometimes, sometimes the firefighter might be under the spouse's insurance for whatever reason as well. So we also wanna make sure that that's happening on that side of the house too, so that if for some reason the claim gets denied, Meaning that, again, we, we're not here to approve the claim. We're here to just make sure things are going fast and quickly. So if for some reason the claim went, got denied and went, ended up being charged to your major medical, we wanted to make sure that all of our providers are in network with your major medical insurance as well. Another question, oh, sir. point it's your choice so if, if they can see if if you want to be seen earlier so what we'll, we'll try and do is make sure we talk if you want to stay with your physician we'll try and leverage our resources to get you in sooner with your physician if you wanted to stay there if for some reason we leverage our resources and they're like no I'm sorry you know it's still gonna be two weeks and you're like I don't want to wait two weeks then we'll we'll play that card and get you in to see someone else at that point
Sure, definitely. So the, the question was if, if I'm at Campbell Clinic already and have a physician established there, and for some reason they can't get me in soon enough or two weeks later, can you guys leverage your resources to get me in sooner or can I choose to be, use a different physician or do I have to use a different physician? So the choice is always yours. If you wanna stay with your existing physician and, um, and we leverage our resources and can't get you in, then it's your choice if you wanna use a different physician then we'll leverage a physician that's part of our network. Um, and I guess we didn't mention really that as well and I think that's an important piece of that. We don't partner with the Campbell Clinic, we partner with physicians within Campbell Clinic. We don't partner with physiotherapy associates, we partner with physical therapists within physiotherapy associates. So these are hand-selected physicians and therapists. We're, we don't partner with groups, we partner with individuals within those groups. And I think that's an important piece of this too that I didn't mention earlier. your question with your physician. This is an opt-in, opt-out program. So, and I've actually taken calls from Tacoma on this, is somebody has seen somebody, a, a physician, that's not in our network, has had surgery already, and then they're contacting us to help them set up PT. And that's totally cool. I mean, you can actually use us for that first appointment. That's you opting in, calling the hotline. And after that first appointment, when the member services advocate calls you and says, hey, how did it go? What else can we do for you? you can tell them, hey, you know what, I'm good. I, I, I've got it from here, it's not a problem. And that's totally fine. You know, same thing with, like I said, you know, just using us for PT. That's totally fine. It's opt-in, opt-out, whenever you'd like to. So. Another question? Yeah, I think maybe this ties into what you just said, but I have an individual who's already under care in an OJI program, um, but might want to explore some Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we've seen when we first get established. So the question was, if someone's already in a, has a work comp injury and is being seen by another provider, but wants to know if there's alternatives to where they're at now or, or aren't comfortable with wherever they're at, can they opt into the program now? And the answer is yes. Um, and that's where, to be honest with you, in most regions and most cities that we launch in, that first, what, four weeks or so, is, is a lot of those phone calls. People that are kind of caught in the system and are, have been lost for months and are like, thank God this thing is here now that can help guide me, right? That's, that's what we see probably for the first four weeks, more so than the acute stuff. The other thing we'll see, and we, we saw it actually here already, is people that are injured and knew we were coming and have just been waiting two or three or four weeks before we, until we got here and, and did this little meeting today and the training tomorrow. Um, so we're already starting to see a lot of those phone calls come through as well. Thank you. No problem. So I've got a question. So is this program available to everyone in the fire department? Is it fire suppression only or dispatchers or people like me who are not firefighters? Yep. Do we have this access as well? Yes, you do. So it's, a, it's a, anyone that's part of Memphis Fire has access to the program. Correct, yeah. This service has been provided to the whole department. Yep, so the question was, in regards to the opt-in, opt-out, um, is, this, is this specific to um, the, the department on the front end or on the back end, and how does it work? So everyone at this moment is all opted in. The choice is that, do you want to opt in and use Tactical's network, or do you want to opt in and continue to go your own route? Um, that was the question. So th those are the choices. So what we've seen over the years in, in Milwaukee, you know, this is year, what, eight or nine in Milwaukee now. Um, what we've seen over the years in Milwaukee is a lot of times people opt out because they're unsure of us initially, right? It's that trust piece that we have to establish early on. So they'll opt out and then they'll, they'll talk to a doctor and that doctor will say, well, we'll get your MRI in four weeks. And I'm like, well, I don't want to wait four weeks, right? So they've opted out at that point but they don't want to wait the four weeks, so then they opt back into the program, and then they stay with us for the rest of the route. That's, that's what we see a lot early on with this as well. 
But you can, you can also opt into tactical and either not really like your physician or whatever happens, right? If for some reason that happens, you can leave the network and go continue on your own path too at that point. So that becomes your choice. I've got two questions from previous sessions. Uh, the first is, is this relatable to illness or is it just injury? Yep, so it's for injury, musculoskeletal injuries. Um, the program has evolved, so again, if there's, if there's something that, is, that you want us to look into and see if we can help with, again, feel free to call the program, but the, or call the hotline, but the program was designed for um, musculoskeletal injuries. What we're seeing call-ins now on is concussions, um, which is a newer piece. Um, we see um, general surgeon stuff, so hernias, um, transferring patients, they feel a pop, um, so we're seeing some of that, that happen as well. Um, and then lately, um, we also see some, some cases of PTSD call into the hotline. Um, we don't manage that, but we wanna make sure that you know that if, if you need something and you call in, we'll make sure to get you to the right resources within the department as well when those cases come in. And I, I think it's important to know too on that. I mean, obviously with the, the ortho, the musculoskeletal, that's kind of our bread and butter. And I always like to tell people, at least with my members in Tacoma, my call is the answers never know. Sometimes the answer is like, hey, let me work on this a little bit. So for those things that maybe the program hasn't really been designed for, we may not be able to get you in within those 24 hours, but we're gonna work on it. We're gonna leverage our resources, right. so. Someone always knows someone somewhere. Yep. Uh, last question, and it's, you kind of talked about it already, but one of the things that came up is, if I'm a firefighter and I'm currently injured and I'm struggling with an injury, can I call the program now? Yes, and that, that kind of goes back to the question over here. So um, the answer to that again is yes. So if you're currently struggling with something and either have been delaying care or you're currently out on light duty and have just kind of been dragged through and are tired of being dragged through, now are those times that you can use the hotline, call in, we'll figure out where you're at in the process, and then establish a plan of care from that point moving forward. So don't, if you're, if you're a month in, or six months in, or a year in, please don't hesitate to call, and we'll do our best to figure out where you are in that process, and then move you along from that point forward. Yep, so two calls still, or two calls now I should say, right? Initial call still remains the same to Sedgwick. You still have to follow Memphis Fire's rules of engagement for work comp. So whatever those rules have looked like in the past, they continue to look like that now. So continue to follow the work comp process that is in place. Once you make that initial call to Sedgwick and you hang up the phone with them, at that point, it becomes your choice. At that point, you can choose to go, again, your own route, or you can pick up the phone and call us at that point. But that initial, you know, I just got hurt, I blew up my knee jumping off the rig, and I need to get seen. Whatever that front end looked like in the past, continue to manage that piece of it until you hang up the phone, and then Tactical can step in at that point. Correct, and to, to reiterate, so again, in regards to off-duty injuries, as Tim alluded to earlier, if it's an off-duty injury, we have to abide by major medical rules. So if major medical says you need to try six weeks of physical therapy before you order an MRI, we have to do six weeks of physical therapy before we get the MRI. We can't mess with that piece of it. 
We can on the work comp side of it because it lives in a different space. So that's why we can do what we do on the, on the comp side of it. But under major medical, we have to follow the major medical rules. The other piece of that that's important as well for people to understand is, again, we're tracking all of these things. So anything that's off duty that occurs or family wise that occurs is tracked within a system that we use called Salesforce. All of that is through our CRM software and is HIPAA compliant, but the city will never see any of that stuff. So anything off duty or related to your family or that piece of it lives in a completely different space than the on duty work comp stuff. The on-duty work comp stuff, if the city requests a report or a file or whatever, all of that stuff is given to them, complete transparency. It's, it's, there. it's, it's there now anyway. We, we have the ability to access it quicker um, through our software that we have, so that's why it, it works even better here. But, but just so you know that if it's off-duty, all of that lives in a, in a space that the city will never have information on. Yeah. <laughs> Recurring. <laughs> On the major medical side, are we paying for out for our out of pocket? Are we paying in network or out of network? In network benefits. Yep. So we also make sure that the physicians are always in network with whatever insurance the city is involved with. And then those special cases that Tim mentioned, you know, your spouse is under a different insurance or whatever that looks like. We have to navigate those a little bit differently just to make sure that the physician we're about to refer you to is in network as well. Um, but those are the one-offs, right? But they do happen. Um, but that's, that, was a, that was a staple part of the program because, again, this is a startup company you know, from back in 2009. So we ran into that early where I referred, to be honest with you, I referred someone to a, a provider and it didn't get covered by comp. And then it got kicked to major medical and that doc was not in network. Luckily, I had a relationship with the doc, and the doc wrote off the costs, right? But beyond that, we always make sure that that's in place moving forward. Any other questions? I think we have it covered. Perfect. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to be here and, and work with uh, City of Memphis Fire. Again, if you have any questions, my name is Luis Rivera. Um, you can access me via my email uh, or cell phone through Robbie Franks. Um, he has all of that information. Um, but again, thank you for this opportunity. And hopefully we don't have to see you. But if we do, please feel free to, to call in the hotline and we'll make sure you get taken care of appropriately. Thank you.